I'm Mike Ahern. And I'm Debbie Knox. Join Mike and me for all the news. Knox and Ahern, Central Indiana's dynamic duo. A staple in Hoosier homes during the golden years of local TV news. Debbie, she decided 33 years behind the anchor desk was enough and hung it up in 2013. But it didn't last long. I came out of retirement because I was bored. The news is always in your blood. Debbie Knox just couldn't shake that addiction to news. Returning to the anchor desk in 2015 for an eight-year run at CBS4 in Indy with co-anchor Bob Donaldson. Well, a growing number of Indiana mayors are asking now the General Assembly to change how the state calculates road funding for localities. CBS4's Hannah Adamson spoke with mayors who argue that... Now, Debbie Knox says she's saying goodbye to TV news for good. Why she's retiring again, her take on the state of local news today, and what's next for her. She's my guest this week on the Business and Beyond podcast. The likelihood of healthcare workers being exposed to violence is higher than prison guards or police officers. Now, CBS4's Debbie Knox continues Baby Harper's story and shares the magical next step in her journey. Instantly tears, just happiness. Wednesday on CBS4 News at 11. Just two examples of Debbie Knox's expertise and depth in health reporting. From the safety of nurses to a little girl fighting to walk. Knox has been a familiar face in Indianapolis local news for 40 years. She's interviewed big players like Mikhail Gorbachev, Desmond Tutu, Barack Obama, and Barbara Bush, and has won numerous awards over the years. And I am pleased to be joined on the podcast this week by award-winning journalist, uh, a longtime television broadcaster, really an icon in the state of Indiana, Debbie Knox. And Debbie, really glad you could take the time to join me. It is a pleasure to be here with you, Gary. I'm going to say the same thing to you. You are an icon, and uh, I'm, I'm just honored that you'd have me on your show. It's great. You do great work. Well, thank you. Now, this podcast is publishing during what I believe will be the final week that you'll be on the air. Is your final newscast November 30? That's, you know what, that's a that's an interesting question because I've been told it might change to the 29th, but I think there's some there's some plans underway at the station that I'm not totally aware of. Right now, I thought it was the 30th, but and then I've heard to the grapevine, it might be the 29th. I don't know. I don't know what they got planned, but right now, let's say the 30th. Well, what are you? What are your thoughts as you're as you're approaching getting very close, one way or the other? Mm-hmm. You've been in this business for a long time and uh, done so many things. What are your thoughts? Your emotions? You know, I, when I retired before, back in 2013. I, I was actually just kind of physically tired. This time I am not tired, which is the nice kind of, kind of thing. I am really looking forward to having a real kind of a change. I've got a granddaughter. I'm I'm doing, I've already got some trips scheduled. I'm I'm really, I've got that planned out. It looks really good. But honestly, Gary, I am gonna I'm gonna miss the newsroom. I know I will. I'm gonna miss, you know, the people. I'm gonna miss that you know, the buzz we all get if there's a breaking news story, the whole, that whole kind of environment is, is just about in my DNA at this point. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I've been reading books about, you know, retiring and transitions and all that stuff. And I'm sort of giving myself 
<clears throat> excuse me, some time to transition and, you know, taking it step by step. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to my retirement, but it is with a little bit of, a little yeah. bit of uh, sadness in a way, I guess, because yeah. I love news. Yeah. yeah. You know, when, hearing you say that, you know, it made me think when you, you, you hear athletes, you know, longtime athletes who retire, yeah. they say, what do you miss the most? They say, mm-hmm. we miss the locker room. We miss being yeah. around the gang, yeah. if you will. And I think yes. there's that same, in a sense, camaraderie and connection and affection in a newsroom. Yeah, there is. I mean, yeah, there it's a cast of characters. You know, you it's kind of like a family. You have your moments when you don't get along and you have your moments when you do. But there's always a, a kind of the, the drama of life going on there with the activity of news and the people that are putting it all together. And that's part of my that's part of my life. I mean, yeah. I've so so it's going to be it's, I know it's going to be a change. I'm giving my t- myself some time to transition, do some other projects and thinking along and hard about that. And. You know, just seeing what else is out there and doing some other things. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But I, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be a huge change. Been a a mainstay at CBS Four, anchoring <laughs> along with uh, Bob Donaldson, another longtime journalist here in yes. Indiana. Let's go back. You mentioned that first time you retired, and I know it caught yeah. a lot of people off guard. You know, I mean, oh my gosh, <laughs> Debbie Knox is retiring now. That was yeah. in 2013. You'd been at Wish TV which for many, many years, all of your tenure, I think, was a CBS yeah. affiliate. Right. What what prompted that decision at that time to say, you know mm-hmm. what, I think I've had enough? Yeah, I'd been there 32, 33 years. So I'd been there a long time. And I was, like I said before, I was tired. But I also felt like there there was change in the air and that, that I... They, you know, initially they sort of asked me, hey, where do you, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? But I just had this feeling and it wasn't in writing, but that they were going to, they were going to change my position around or change what I was doing. I was not ready to say goodbye to the 11 o'clock news and, and, and yeah. to change what I was doing. So I, I just thought, well, you know what, instead of waiting to that for that or inevitably and you know, just standing by, I'm going to, I'm just going to take time off you know, and take my little yep. 401k and uh, start a new life because I live, you know, I'd been in the news long enough. So that's kind of what it was. I was tired, but I, I also didn't want to be fired or, yeah. and it wasn't like they were going to fire me, but I, I wanted to maintain what I had. And I thought, well, I'll just see what else is out there. And so so you, that's kind, what I did. Kind, you kind of had a sixth sense and in yeah. this business, and it's always been a business impacted yes. by change, but I think in the last, uh, you know, certainly the last 10 years, 20 years, the change yeah. has been been dramatic, but you just oh. had a feeling. Oh my God, Gary, you've seen yeah. it. You know yeah. it. We all have seen it and know it. I mean, you just you just look at what's happened to the newspaper business. You look at what's yeah. happened to the television industry. It's it's all there. It's all old news now. But I mean, it's not old news. The change has been dramatic. Yeah, yeah. 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 You think back. You talk about change. So you had already left wish but one of the seismic mm-hmm. events really in broadcasting i think and in, certainly in indianapolis was when yes. wish lost their cbs uh, affiliation i remember i was driving to the office and the reporters <laughs> who worked for me you know said hey you know cbs yeah. is switching to channel four and wish is lost and i said no that's that's not true that can't that can't be true how yeah. did you find out about it what did you think that's an interesting question. I was in Chicago at the time. It was in August of uh, 2014. And I got a call from Mark Patrick, you know, yeah. 
yep. sports guys, Q95, who's your lottery guy? Everybody knows who's, who Mark is. Yep. And he said, you're not going to believe what I was. I was actually helping my son move into his room. He was in law school up at Northwestern. So I'm just, you know, I got my sweatshirt on and looking like, you know, I'm just doing this, you know, helping out as the mom, you know? Yeah. And Mark said it switched the, the CBS affiliations going to channel four. I went, wow, now that is news. That, yes. That, you know, they, that's, that was, it, it was earth, earth shaking for a lot of folks. And I, I, like you, I knew exactly where I was when I got the information. A couple of weeks later, I got a, a DM from Bob Donaldson yep. who said, would you want to take a, a meeting with Kerry Cavanaugh, who was the, the news director at was soon to be CBS four and Fox 59. I said, you always take the meeting. You know, yeah, so right. I took the meeting. So that's how I found out. And he had had meetings with her and I had a non-compete in place. I couldn't go to work until the first of January, be on the air until the first of January of 2015. So it worked out well, you know, Absolutely. and I was I rested. Yeah. I was ready to go. Yeah, I, w- I was going to ask you how that how that all transpired. So it sounds like there was, you know, things kind of got rolling not long after the the, the affiliation switch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. They were they we were having meetings in August and said I was having meetings August mm-hmm. and September and they were hiring people uh, and an assistant news director, a lot of people behind the scenes because it was going to be a, a, another TV station within that that yeah. that confine. So it was yeah, they were rolling right along designing yeah. the studio. Everything was moving. What so, ultimately and I know you mentioned earlier, you certainly missed the people, but what what really was it that or or something else that really brought you back, made you say, you know what, uh, I want to do this? Well, I was I was impressed with Bob Donaldson because I've known Bob for a long time. I knew he was a serious journalist and I knew that this was just he was a good guy. And there was a lot of good people I knew at Fox that had, had a very successful TV station going on there. And, you know, when I met Carrie Cavanaugh, who was the news director, she was on it, aggressive wanted to make this happen. I, you know, for all the questions I asked, I said, how does the staff feel about this? How do, yeah. how do people feel about this? So it was, it just felt like a go-go, you know, yeah. why not? I, you know, I'd had seven, eight months by that time to rest. I'd been working out. I was, you know, I thought, well, I'll give it a whirl. Yeah. And at that point, Gary, I thought maybe I'd work for a couple of years, two, three years. I didn't know, you know, I'm in my fifties at that time. I never yeah. thought I'd make it past my forties in TV, in TV news. <laughs> yeah. I really, like, you know, yeah. when I started, that's how I thought. And it was like, so to get to almost 70 years old in this business is remarkable. So I've just signed contracts along the way and it's worked out. So it's yeah. been a good experience. Yeah, no, so. no, no doubt. Has it been in a sense, you, not really a startup news operation, Channel 4, obviously an existing, a longtime mm-hmm. iconic station That's in right. the market. And people mm-hmm. like you and and Bob Donaldson and, and, and Chris Wright and others, mm-hmm. veterans. But at the same time, you were building something, right? You were building a, a brand, building something new. That's exactly what we had to do. Because there had been news, they had, they had news operations at Channel 4 before. It got, they had a great sports department, yep. you know, got Chuck Marlowe, who was a good buddy yep. of Bob Knight's. And they had they had that image. And we just had to bring that CBS momentum, basically, that was created, of course, with Wish being an affiliate and just move on it. And so there was a lot of learning that went along. I mean, <clears throat> as you know, it's a business. Yep. So you've got to <clears throat> figure out ways to be efficient. And, and those things came into play. But it was, it was, it just, I just, it was exciting to see it being built from the ground up, even the studio, everything. Yeah. And so I, it just felt like a great opportunity. Why not? 
you know. Yep. And and, and you all have done a, a, an outstanding job of, again, creating that yeah. that news brand and that news image. Mm-hmm. And we at Inside Indiana Business, I will tell you, we love being on Sunday mornings on CBS4 each hey, week. You know what? Gary, we love having you on. We love Mary Rachel. Everybody you have on, it's it's always it, it adds to our newscast, and we love seeing you, uh, you know, on on the weekend as well. You do a oh, good show. Thanks for that. That's true. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you though about about your time at Wish. Talk about yeah. that because that you know, as I think of Indianapolis Television, and so, you know, I worked for years, of course, at at, at Channel Six. Right. I believe right. was the first on the air, and I think Wish was probably number two on the air. And I, I look think at you're right. Yeah, Indianapolis. As I look at RTV and 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 Wish, those are to me those those kind of those bedrock stations. You know, if you think of the history, what was yeah. it like? You know, Mike Ahern and Stan Wood, and those are some big names in in in, <laughs> in yeah. television here in Indianapolis. What was that like? Oh, it, it was great fun. You know, Mike is is <clears throat> what a what a wonderful man. He was yes. a great writer just fun to be around and, and yet a serious journalist, you know, a Notre Damer. And, yep. and I, I just had a great sense of humor. He made work in there a lot of fun. And yet he was very serious about what he was doing. Stan Wood was a Korean war veteran, great yeah. sense of humor. He got real crotch. He got real crotchety. Did he really? <laughs> oh man. He was, I was, he's a, <laughs> one of the meanest weathermen behind the scenes. And I loved him. I mean, I, yeah. I loved, I love Stan. But just great. these people knew broadcasting inside and out. I was really a neophyte when I came in 1980, and they brought me along and embraced me. And we just we just had a a good good chemistry and just went with it. It was a lot of fun working with those guys. And the sports department kind of changed. There was Ed Harding and Mark Patrick and different people along the way. And we had we had a, we had just a good chemistry. You know, it was fun coming to work, fun being able to. You know, we had <clears throat> back then a lot of photographers. You could. Hey, you're going to go do a story. There'd be a photographer to to go do a story with you today because things yeah. are a little tighter. It's all a little bit different now. But so it, it, it's just fun. I got to know the Indianapolis market, the IU Med Center, all the hospitals. Yeah. I did a lot of health related stuff. I was like, go, go, Debbie, go, do whatever you want. Get out there, do it. It was fun. It was a lot yeah, of fun. You, you know, and you're so right about, uh, and, and things change, industries change. Mm-hmm. You look at that change. Over your career, which spans what I would consider some of the golden years of of mm-hmm. television and in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. certainly local television. Talk about the change, how you reflect on that change, where television, local news is now, maybe yeah. versus where it was when you started in those early years. Yeah, it was kind of like I mentioned. I mean, the staffs were bigger. You know, oh, yeah. we we have we have actually we've had to to shrink because it is a business and we've got computers. Everything's digital. Uh, back, I remember when they, when we, we had, a, we started kind of a, we had to develop web stories at Wish, and it was almost like a whole new, what? Like right. we're not. I mean, you're, you, you almost like can't think of how you're going to submit a story, and it's going to be on online back then. Mm-hmm. Now it's like you don't even think about it. But back then, I mean, to be quite frank, I went from regular old typewriters to yeah. you know having computers, yep. and that was a huge change. I mean, every, and you got to learn it fast. You don't, nobody's going to sit there and hold your hand and, mm-hmm. okay, you know, but there's, there are obviously people to help, but I remember I had a typewriter that never had an E that would print out. So <laughs> you'd be typing scripts and all the E's that you almost had to like write it back in, but now it's, it's just completely, completely yeah. different. And now the whole digit Facebook and social platforms that you've got to be part of. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's a very different business and you see it very yeah. young people. 
you know, they're getting everything. We don't have to tell you that everything yeah. on the phone. We all, we all do it. So yeah, it's a very different, different business. It's, it's huge during those times of transition though. You know? Yeah. What, what do you think in terms of the future? I, I, I think there's a future for local news. Certainly the, oh, yeah. there are others who, who, who quibble with that. I, I think local news can be as relevant as ever in this environment, but mm-hmm. what, what do you, what do you think? You know, especially going into 2024, and and I think local news tries to be, you know, pretty, we, we like to be independent. We don't like to get into the personality-driven or, you know, opinionated-driven stories. But boy, I think people, out, there's a large audience for that. And I yeah. I like the fact that we do a lot of local news. And you're right, yes. people need it. And business news is huge. Yep. I wish we were doing more. I mean, even mm-hmm. more. You do great stuff. And thank God mm-hmm. we've got you. But I think I, I think in, in coming up, I think we could do a lot more politically related news. It's a lot of news at the state house. I think, and I, I just hope that because it's just so important to so many people. And yeah. I think twenty twenty four is going to change some things around. And so I, I, I would like to see more of that because I think people are hankering for that on a local level. Like you can get a lot of national news and all yeah. the opinion that we want. But anyway, we'll see how that goes. Hey, much more uh, coming up with retiring television journalist Debbie Knox. When we return, we'll talk about Debbie's broadcasting career, her path to Mm -hmm. Indianapolis, some of the big names also she's interviewed over the years and much more. That's when the Business and Beyond podcast returns. At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street Bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community. PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group, Bank. All rights reserved. And welcome back to the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. My guest this week is award-winning journalist Debbie Knox. And Debbie, your path to uh, Indianapolis, I would consider you a Hoosier, but you actually grew up in Michigan, Mm -hmm. right? Edwardsburg, Michigan. Nailed it. Very good. You're doing your research there, Gary. That a little town and Southwestern Lower Michigan. That's correct. In the Michiana area. That's the the market. Okay, so it is in kind of the South Bend area. Oh, yeah. I, I got all my news from WSBT, WNDU, and WSJV up there as a kid growing up. Used to watch Bruce Saunders do the weather and back in the olden days. South Bend Tribune, Elkhart Truth, yeah. that was the market. you know. And I grew up around that all the time. And I, and I worked up there for a couple of years before I came to Indianapolis. So, yeah, that's where I grew up. I grew up on a lake. Oh, uh, wow. My dad was a, a, a doc, and I went off to the University of Michigan and uh, took a couple of years off, went skiing out in Colorado and got back to school. My mom and dad were like, you better get back. You know, let's wrap this up. We had your fun times. You had know? your fun. So, yeah. Yeah. And then I back to Michigan. What lake? What lake did you grow up on? I grew up on a little lake called Eagle Lake in okay. Edwardsburg, Michigan. And there's Diamond and Cass County. Yeah, right. I grew up on Eagle Lake. Eagle lake. What was growing up in, in Edwardsburg like for you? Well, you know, I think from my parents' perspective, you know, it was a great place because we had the lake. We swam every day. My parents had boats. We were, you know, big boating family, yeah. that sort of thing. So it was for that, it was great. 
it was quiet, you know, it was a quiet little town. We were a suburb of, you know, South Bend, Mishawaka, that sort of area. Yeah. But, you know, you also, because it's small, you want to leave when you get older to see the rest of the world. And there was, I was very motivated to move on and, you know, get into different markets and get into, you know, just expand my world. So it was a yeah. safe place to grow up, that sort of place, but that sort of thing. But yeah, it was, it was a good experience. My parents, I know, were happy about it. Did you, were you into sports, academics, arts? What kind of took your? Uh, yeah, my, I, I was always interested in news, even as, okay, as an really? I, star- okay. I started a, started a little, uh, you know, a, a, a club in eighth grade and it was very small, didn't last long, but I, you know, started a little club of current events. I just wanted to know more. I wanted yeah. to learn more. I always had this curiosity and I was a fairly decent writer, not great, but I was an okay writer. And I just, you know, I thought I'd end up working in a newspaper. I thought I'd, I'd work for the Ann Arbor News or some of the newspaper. I wasn't sure because, but I just liked news. I liked learning. I I remember that from being a kid. So and it so started this, young. This is a career that, that you, yeah. a path you really started. And some people are like that. And, and mm-hmm. a, a little bit, although I wanted to be, believe it or not, I wanted to be a high school basketball coach in uh-huh. an internship experience. When I saw, and I love sports to this day, but said, I don't know if I want my paycheck dependent upon, you know, <laughs> some of that stuff. But oh, I, 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 I too, I used to, you know, I'd pull out my little cassette recorder and interview people. Mm-hmm. So I kind of yep. like it. So that was kind of yeah. your, your, your deal from the beginning. Absolutely. And then when I, I, when I got to Michigan, I did work for the Michigan Daily for a while and I, you know, I was it just goofy stuff and I, I got out of it and I, I sort of always was interested in it. And my, and my mom was, about, to be quite frank, my mom was a fairly big influence. It was like, you know, she could see that that's where I was going. My dad would have liked to have I've gone to for me to have gone to medical school, but I, right. know, I was and not chemistry <laughs> was not my thing. So she can see it, and she actually helped me get my first job in South Bend. So wow. she said, "Hey, you know, because I was in radio up in Ann Arbor," and she said, "Hey, you know, there's I, there's I, she knew Joe Joe Freeman. It's just you know, there's some openings down here. You ought to come down and take a look." So I did. I got a job at NDU, and then switched over to SJV, and then came to Indianapolis. So yeah, so. Um- University of Michigan, was that where you were going to go all along or did you think about going anywhere else? You know, I, that was pretty much it. I got a, you know, my a big favorable uh, review from my dad. He thought that's where I ought to go. And at that time I was not any kind of much of a researcher. So I'm with my dad's recommendation. So that's where I ended up going. I did, like I mentioned, after my freshman year, I moved out to Colorado and I started skiing. I, I was, I skied in Michigan anyway. That's where I learned. But then I, be, I kind of thought I wanted to do like a little ski patrol thing, which is a, a big deal. But I skied a lot out there and I did go to the University of Colorado for about a year and a half for the credits and then went back to Michigan and graduated from Michigan. So and started in South Bend. How'd you get to Indianapolis? What was the uh, what was the entree to Indy? Well, I started getting real serious when I was working at WSJV about, you know, wanting to to grow. So I was, you know, back in the day that, you know, you had to make a tape and it wasn't yep. a link. It was a physical <laughs> tape you had right. to put together. So I was involved in that. I had learned how to edit on film back in the day, but we had we had transition at that time to uh, big three quarter inch tape. So I was making tapes. I just decided, all right, I'm going to get serious about this. So I started sending out tapes. Sent them to Phoenix. I sent them. L- I did an interview in L.A. I and I and I thought, well, I'll try Indianapolis because I had you know been down here one time. So I sent it to Lee Giles at you know Wish TV. Yeah. And he had me down and he said, well, thanks, but no thanks. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> I went back to you know back to South Bend area. And then he called me a couple of weeks later. He said, well, hey, wait a minute. Come on back down. Let's talk again. And that's when I got the job. That's when I started. It was August of 1980. So it was literally 
you know, talking to Lee Giles and, and he was, he, you know, he hired Jane Pauley. So I, I yeah. thought of him as this, you know, a pretty you know, important guy, which he was and is. And, uh, and, it, and I think it's, it's, it's the, I think it's the, is it the Lee Giles newsroom at Wish? Yep. I think still? Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. You are on it, Gary. Yes, it is the Lee Giles newsroom and yeah. very deservedly so. Hey, hey! before I want to ask you uh, about some of the big inter- interviews you've done and you've yes. won so many awards over your career. But one thing I forgot to ask is, you know, Emmys, all kinds of accolades. Mm-hmm. Do they compare to being named Miss Edwardsburg or Miss Blossom <laughs> Time? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I forgot uh, to ask you that. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you know. I, I never really wanted to, to get involved in all that. That was another mother driven uh, yeah. thing. And so I did it. And, uh, you know, I, the, here's the good thing about it. It got me in front of audiences and I had to speak yeah. temporarily. So that was a good thing. You know, I started me down the road of is a bigger world than just high school, college and that sort of thing. You better get to know some people in the yeah. world. And so, it, you know, you got, hey, you know what? I was on Wish TV at 18 years old. With and then was AJ Foyt was on. It was like a little show they used to do, and uh-huh. they plopped me in there with Mike Brown. But I got to know some of the race car drivers, and it was the yep. first race that I ever went to in 1972. Wow! <laughs> and I've I've been buying tickets to the race since yeah. 1980 now, so it got me into the whole Indy 500 thing. Yeah. So it leads to good things, you know. Yeah. So I'll I'll give it. I, it was a good thing. Okay, want to you've had yeah. a lot of big name uh, interviews over the years. I just want to ask you about a few, just to get yeah. your take on what the experience was like, your your impression of them. Mikhail Gorbachev, you you, inter- you interviewed him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I chased. Yes, I did. did I, first of all, how did that happen? That's a good question. I I knew Diane Meyer Simon. Yeah, Herb mm-hmm. Simon's wife at the yep. time, and she was a Butler graduate. And the Simons were big, are big names. And so I got to know Diane and she and Herb at the time were out in California. They had moved to Montecito, but I, I'm still in touch with her. And she said, and I, she said, you know, Mikhail Gorbachev is coming out and he's involved in, I believe it was Green Cross International. It was kind of a e- ecology oriented organization. And she was part of that. And so she said, I think I could get an interview for you. And I thought, all right. Wow. So I went out, I went out to California, didn't get him. So then she got him to speak at Butler a few months later, about a year later, and he was in town in Indianapolis. So I went right back to Diane, went through Butler, and I got the interview while he was in Indianapolis. So wow. that's how that happened. You got to you got to know people, as you well, know. Yeah, right. What you know. was the experience like and that interaction like? What do you remember? Well, I remember it, uh, he would not speak English. I knew that he could speak English, but he chose not to. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, that's what that's what happened. So he chose to speak Russian. So I had to go through his translator and it was a slow interview. You know, uh-huh. it wasn't as rat-a-tat-tat as you and I are talking yeah. right now. He would give a big, long answer and then the translator would give me a big, long answer. And it was, I, you know, and I was trying to connect him to Diane and, and connections here in, in the U.S. And but he was he talked a lot about, you know, sort of environmental goals in Russia as well, because they have some issues over there, obviously. So I remember it as being I was uh, impressed because it was the whole Reagan Gorbachev tear down that wall. Things yeah, were changed. Sure. So it was a big deal. But it was a, it was a slow interview because yeah. it was he, he just went through a translator. So that's the way it was. It was yeah. good, though. Brilliant man. Barack Obama. Barack Obama. Gosh, I interviewed him twice. And the first time was down at Garfield Park as a candidate. 
he was tired. It was after this Reverend Wright situation he had been oh, in. Oh, sure. Yeah. I just remember his eyes were just, he was just fatigued. And I knew it was because he had been dealing with that. But he was he was very nice and very cordial. Then I got to interview him at the White House at Christmas time. And I'd never been in the White House before. And it was all decorated. It was just beautiful. And he he struck me as he was he's, he's a nice man, a very kind of not I wouldn't say royalty, but it just had this vibe of, you know, yeah. what that was like they, they brought us over glasses of water to, you know, it, me and him. And they covered his glass of water so that nobody could drop any kind of weird, you know, pill or something in the water. And then when we began, you know, we ha- you have to wait, you have to stop. If he's walking in the hallways, everything has to stop. So we went into the room, he sat down, everybody could relax. But, and then when we started, you, I could see people with guns standing in front of windows on the other, you know, like we were in a particular room and, th- and all of a sudden security just moved right into where he might be, could be seen through a window and wow. he stood right there. Security yeah. was tight. Yeah. yeah. One more. How about Barbara Bush? Boy, Barbara Bush, I, you know, I thought that was going to be a, a real easy little interview. And she, she, I, I learned through, through that interview that she is, she was very protective of her husband. This was uh, Herbert Walker was her husband. Yeah. And I think I'd made, you know, naive, you know, I made a, a comment about maybe something that he was you know, dealing with at the time or, or some sort of thing. And she, she came right to his defense and, and there, I could, I could just see the armor of this woman. She'd, done a couple of interviews before she was not going to have anybody saying anything and she she was very wasn't defensive but she protected her husband she yeah, protected yeah. her family and all that all that she took on she was a very nice woman very kind of regal i would have to say but i could see how smart she was and how determined she was to to protect protect her family yeah debbie as you look reflect on your your career as you think about you think about legacy mm-hmm. Many high-profile interviews, reporting has won awards, medical and health reporting, among others. But as you think of the kind of the legacy, how you'd like to be remembered for your broadcast career? Is there is there a thought like that that you have? Yeah, I I, I hope people think of me as always being fair to them, always never you know having an agenda coming into any kind of an interview or story. I, you know, I, you know, I know I've been in the spotlight because they sit in the anchor chair, but I don't really like the spotlight that, Mm. I mean, it's not something I'm not looking to, Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I can't wait to be in front of audiences and all that stuff. I'm not. So I, I just hope they see me as a solid worker that I, I served my community. I tried to be, I always was as honest as I could be. Never. I never had an agenda. Nobody was pushing an agenda on me. And I love my community, Gary. I love this community. I love the state of Indiana. There's been a lot of good people that have done much more hard work than me, you know, making this a wonderful place to live and raise a family. And I've raised my family here and my kids are, you know, I'm I'm proud as proud can be about my children. And it's because of this community and the people here. Indiana is a great, great place. Yeah. Well put. Okay. What's next right. now? You've obviously got a lot of energy. You're what, <laughs> you, what, what are you going to do once yeah. uh, the, the lights go off on the set? Yeah, well, uh, you know, well, I, I'm always chatting it up. I'll always take the meeting. I think that's important. Uh, I do have a trip planned to Florida. Then I've got a trip planned to the UK to visit some friends over there. I've got a trip that's sort of in the making to to do a little skiing when I get back out to Colorado. And then I'm going to go to South America with the Butler Symphonic Choir. Wow. With Eric Stark in May. Yep. 
It's a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm going to go with them. And Eric Stark's a great guy. I love Butler. I love Butler men's basketball and all sports there. So I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be Rio de Janeiro. Wow. So So it sounds like you're a traveler. You're going to do try to do a lot of traveling? Absolutely. I didn't spend some time with my little granddaughter, who's just cute as cute can be in between and help my daughter out with that and, and, and just spend time with my partner, Rich, and and kind of live life a little bit. You know, it's going to be a very big switch to just not be up against deadline, but I'm looking forward to it. Well, you deserve yeah. it. Yeah, hey. you, deserve, you certainly deserve it, Debbie. And it's been really great to catch up with you. You've meant so much to us, not only central Indiana, but the state of Indiana through your work. And again, congratulations on a great career. I'll be watching that final broadcast too. So let me know when it is. All right, Gary. Thank you so much. And thank you for your contributions to this community. You're a big part of it. And it's a big reason why so many people are successful. So thank you for what you're doing. I appreciate what you do. All right. Thanks very much. Debbie Knox. All right. The award-winning, longtime television news anchor, retiring here at the end of November after decades of service to Indiana. And thank you for joining us on this edition of the Business and Beyond podcast. We're a weekly conversation with achievers in business, sports, entertainment, and beyond. And you can download it at Apple or wherever you find your podcast and get Indiana Business News 24-7. Just go to InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.